You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. This is episode 107. My name is Clark from 5 Card Guys on Instagram and 5cardguys.com. And with me as usual is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards and John who is Trade You at Recess. All right, off the top. Johnny, you actually sent us a YouTube link earlier today of the trailer promoting the new Netflix series called Full Swing that follows several golfers on the PGA Tour. And I believe the series is done by the same producers who created the F1 series Drive to Survive, which is uh, very popular. So my question to you guys is, do you think this will have any impact on golf cards in general or even any of the players featured in the show like uh, Jordan Spieth, Johnny's boy, Rory McIlroy, and um, (laughs) even Morikawa, uh, to name a few just off the top of my head? I'll throw it to you, John, first. Um, well, first of all, when they first announced the roster, Rory was not on there, and I was pretty sad. Oh, really? Yeah, he was okay. not. He was not on there. And if you look at, if you watch the, um, the trailer, he comes mm-hmm. in right at the end, like last person yeah, in. He does. So it was a nice little surprise. Um, I, I, I'm pretty, pretty. I'm really excited about it as a golf fan in general. Um. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I have my Rory card that I'm pretty excited about. Pump and dump, baby. <laughs> what, what, what card is it again? It's the, the P, Rory PMG. Nice. Right. Number two? Yeah. Uh, number two, 100, I think. Nice. Yeah. That's sweet. No, but honestly, I, I kinda, I'm kind of i obviously jo- like kind of half joking because um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Rory. So if, if I end up watching this and it ends up being amazing, I'll probably want to keep it even more. So we'll see what happens. But everything has a price. Yeah. Everything has a price. <laughs> I think I think it will have a pretty decent impact on golf. Uh, just excitement mm. around golf within sports cards. We'll see. I don't think it's going to be as crazy as F1 was because F1 had such like it had the marketing behind it. It had the product behind it, like Topps Chrome. Right. And stuff like that. Whereas, no, no offense, Upper Deck, but you know, they're not as big in terms of like the marketing, the hype machine that Topps Chrome was, um, and they don't have a Chromium product. So I think they're gonna they're gonna have to do something to kind of you know latch onto this hype uh, with the golf Netflix Netflix here. So we'll see what happens. But golf, I mean, golf product in general right now. I don't know if you guys follow it, but. I wanted to get like, you know, on top of my Rory, I wanted to get like a DeChambeau. I wanted to get a Colin Morikawa. And it's expensive, man. Mm-hmm. The, the Morikawa Exquisite Patch Autograph. There was like a BGS 8 that showed up. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can probably pick this up for pennies on the dollar. It'll, it'll be pretty easy. And it sold for like eighteen fifty, which was, wow, like, okay. I, you know, it was, it was just pretty surprising. So, um, yeah, don't sleep on golf. I think it's... It'll have it'll have an impact, but again, kind of. I think I'm if, pretty if sure. If somebody's what about new to, say. to golf, John, if somebody's new to golf, what would they like? What what's the target cards? You know, like baseball, you get first Bowman's obviously are 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 popular, but what right. like is it SP authentic? Is it uh, is it those yeah. SP 
the authentic autos that uh, are yeah, the I case? Think, I think or? there's like two. I think there's two main products. I think there's a regular SP, um, which is a good one, and then there's the SP Game U. So those are two golf specific, and then right. the Exquisite comes out of the uh, what's that product again? The the Goodwin. Yeah, the right. good, the good one. Yeah. Yeah. So Goodwin some of those champion. exquisite, like yeah. like Morikawa exquisite and like the Shambo exquisite patch autos and stuff, that comes out of like the Goodwin product. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I remember I, I I ripped the box of the SP Authentic and I I didn't mind it actually. It was obviously a little bit overpriced. The ROI definitely wasn't there. Right. But uh, I feel like you know golf still doesn't get the love and especially. Um, uh like you know during covid it was it was different because you had so many flippers in the game right so anything that was remotely on social media or anything that's digital i think people use that as the scapegoat of oh there should be a spike in this right because flippers are looking for that where i see this going now is like even F1 last year when they released it, it actually died down from the original 2020 Chrome release of F1 hype. There was like For a sure. huge hype before that. And then that F1 kind of like people are interested in watching it, but I don't think it uh, uh, positively impacted, you know, cards because all the flippers at that time kind of started leaving. That was the transition leaving right. out. So I think for for all these documentaries that are coming out. I think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for um, people who are hobbyists long term because it kind of gives you more insight and more intel of you know who these players are, and you kind of look at it more of a kind of like long term approach as opposed to like before. Will this you know documentary you know spike it because we all had the experience of the Last Dance. So like, and then right. that's when the flipping started, right? So I feel Sorry, like yeah. you know it it lost its luster in terms of will this impact? I think it can. Like, there's some things that um, you know obviously help it, but I think in general you're not going to see that type of spike um, that you yeah. normally get during that COVID bump. So yeah, I would yeah. I would just say you know use it as good intel and you know enjoy the sport most importantly you know and then maybe that will um you know cause you to make some moves in the you know oh maybe there's a good buying opportunity in golf right and then you look at it as more of a long term and say okay i gotta get one of these you know right yeah you know patch autos or whatever right yeah i i think you're right i'm gonna I'm gonna peel back a bit and obviously give people cautions <laughs> when I say when I say that it, it could impact cards. I think very specific cards. I think right. that that's the kind of caveat that people have to be wary of. Um, I think things like exquisite patch auto Colin Morikawa, Colin Morikawa, that is popular not because of the strength of golf, rather than people are collecting the exquisite, and then you're adding on a pretty popular player on top of that. So there, people are looking for. Mm within, you know, like a Naomi Osaka or a Colin Morikawa or, you know, Serena Williams or whoever, like, you know, if there was like a Tony Hawk, it would probably explode to the ceiling. So I think that's that was the main chase more so than the golf carts because if you look at pricing for like Colin Morikawa game used, Tony Finau game used, SP game used or SP authentic, it's not as lucrative as like an exquisite would be. So I, I would say... If you are going to target golf, 
um, to take advantage of any kind of possible bump, it would like undoubtedly have to be like a Tiger Woods card. Uh, even though he's not in it, I think Tiger Woods, um, <clears throat> just because he's a part of golf, I think he's gonna he could possibly move. Sure, uh, like a really high end Rory upper deck rookie patch auto. Um, and one of those exquisite products. I think those would be sort of the targets rather than going after game used or whatnot. But I don't know. I mean, you know, Young and Young and I talked about this before. Like the SP game used golf as holding as a wax might not be a bad idea too. Hmm. Maybe not ripping and trying to sell, but holding as a wax could be could be a move as well. Yeah, I, I like that too because like I don't know much about golf to tell you the truth, right. but like I like what Young you're mentioning about seeing it in the more the mid to long term perspective and uh, holding wax you know that's that's you're really thinking mid to long term at that point anyways right um to see how I things don't know play what out that is, but what <laughs> <laughs> oh holding oh, wax holding wax <laughs> not in the Hyung, what Hyung only knows ripping wax yeah. so, uh, <laughs> it's like mutual you funds are insane i know uh, stable and boring but <laughs> no but um yeah you know what like i think i think you guys nailed it on the head like the days of the last dance is is over mm-hmm. right like you know everyone was kind of anticipating for like the last year after or the year after last dance like oh this is the next one and then we never really seen it at the hype of the last dance. like the last dance was the pinnacle right of the flipping and it came else. at the so, perfect time right as covid yeah, was happening like perfect everything storm. was just a perfect storm Absolutely, absolutely, and so now we're like, okay, the that phase is over. But um, you know, and you know, like we talked about this in a previous episode, twenty twenty three. I'm expecting more or less the same kind of uh, economic situation. So, so you know, maybe cards aren't going to be as huge as it was. Well, definitely won't be as huge as it was in during twenty 2020, twenty 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 one during the hobby hype. But I think when the economy does get better, when people start to have a little bit more disposable income, I'm still bullish on sports cards as a, right. as a hobby. You know what I mean? And I think at that point, people can more people will come back into the hobby, you know, casual hobbyists, and then they'll discover, oh yeah, there's these golf cards um, of my favorite player that I like, you know, I like watching golf. And um, same goes with F1, right? So right. I think I think you just got to hold if you really believe in the sport. If you're really a fan of the sport, um, it's a fun way to just kind of be involved collecting cards of your favorite players, right? right? So um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, in the meantime, like in the short term, yeah, just enjoy the series. If you're a fan, fan of golf, it looks – I don't know. Netflix always makes their trailers really great, <laughs> you know? But it uh, doesn't mean the show's going to be – uh, all that interesting, but the trailers look good. So, right. uh, speaking of trailers, uh, another one that recently came out, we just touched upon it briefly, is the season five trailer of Drive to Survive. And the one interesting thing about season five, of course, is that Max Verstappen, who um, did not participate in interviews in past seasons, is participating in season five. So, with that news, do you think, I guess more specifically, and this might be uh, question for Hyung because he holds a sweet Max Verstappen one of one. Today's the pump and dump personal pump and dump show. Uh, <laughs> Johnny with his Rory and uh, Hyung with his Max Verstappen one of one. I don't even think I would be able to sell it because who knows, you know, the cost of it either, right? So it's right. It's one of those things where I probably wouldn't even sell it. But okay, uh, fair. But yeah, I think I think um, with Max, I think it's great for Max collectors. Because mm-hmm. I think he was like we, we were talking a bit about this earlier before the show, the recording. We were saying how 
you know, he didn't really like the way, you know, he was being represented on the show. So it could potentially give him a voice now, you know, to be able to show a side of him to, you know, um, his fans or other enthusiasts of like what Max Verstappen is all about. Uh, because it only um, whatever he was represented in the light, he was the, you know, antagonist or the, the villain in the picture. Right. So that's uh, that's one thing I think um, is, is is a good thing for him. I think I think um, just notoriety in general, like we talk about from marketing perspective, all these shows get millions of views. And in the long term, it's it's bringing um, kind of like light to kind of like that area. So I think it's. um it only helps, in my opinion, especially when they're bigger stars like the Max Verstappen. I would categorize Max almost like a type A, like same with Lewis Hamilton, same with mm. the Connor McDavid, same with the, you know, the chase guys that are usually kind of like the dudes, right? So yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, it's a, it's um, I think even <clears throat> either if you're a hardcore, if you're a casual fan of the series, it's awesome, man. Like, how can you? not be happy about Max Verstappen being in the show. Like, I want to watch season five, you know, because of all the hype that Verstappen right. has gotten, and I want to get to know him and his personality a lot better and how he relates to, to the uh, the world around him. Like, it's going to be pretty interesting to watch. So I think that's amazing news for F1, amazing news for um, the sport, the fans, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, so pretty excited. You know what? In, in a in an ideal world, because these are all from a sports card perspective, these are all very niche sports, right? Yeah. And you can kind of see what's happening with F one. There was that hype. It was a standalone product. It went crazy, and now it's starting to to really slow down. And we mentioned this before. How you know most sports cards, the, the way sports card fans and people that were, were used to collecting and chasing it's all about the rookie refresh right so every year there's a new crop and there's a new kind of like young shiny diamond to chase and it's hard for these niche um sports because you don't have like rookie co- crops and drafts and stuff like that it's the elite of the elite that become that go into the sport so there might be one new rookie but he's nowhere near Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton. Like it's going to take him years to become anything close to those guys. So the chase becomes so different. So I think in an ideal world, obviously this is never going to happen, but it would have been amazing for these niche products to all be in like a singular product, like a Topps Chrome Mm. world of sports. And there's like golf, tennis, F1, it's all in there. And there's like gold refractors and super refractors of some of the majors. Like that would have been an amazing product, but you know, you should pitch it. Uh, yeah, pitch it to tops. Alas, Fanatics, there, I mean. there's a yeah. Alas, it's uh, upper deck, and they're all separated. And Fanatics is gonna. Oh right, right. Yeah, the the golf has. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's also and then tennis is net pro, and so Fanatics got That's some right. work to do. They hopefully they're listening and they're getting their wallet. <laughs> they're getting their wallets ready to buy out some companies. <laughs> Just buy them out. Yeah, no, that, that those are good points for sure. Um, yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Like I think F one's dropped pretty much um since the hype and and but you know i i like i like max verstappen being on that like that adds something new to the series sure. right that that um it's not the same old um so it'll be interesting we'll see what happens and and you know it, it, yeah i i agree young it can't it can't hurt max unless unless he is a complete a-hole then, uh, yeah. then we'll see <laughs> <laughs> but uh but i guess we'll find out soon i think the series um 
uh, starts pretty soon. So, okay. Um, the one last thing before we go on um, to beat a dead horse about these Netflix shows. Uh, Breakpoint. It's a two-part series, I believe, following young tennis stars, uh, really focusing on the next generation. I'm not personally familiar as, uh, you know, I'm not as familiar with uh, this next generation. Like I'm still in the Federer, Serena, totally. Djokovic, right? Um, that, that's, that's where I'm more uh, familiar with or um, the tennis I've watched over the years. But uh, this is going to see like who's going to who's going to be the next champ, right? So, uh, do you think this will help um, just gauge, um, or just just to build up more interest in the sport of tennis, and uh, will that kind of impact uh, tennis cards in the future? Right. Uh, it's the same thing for me. Like, it, I feel it's kind of like um, it's good for the hobby. It's good for the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, it represents you know sport of tennis well and the organizations that are involved because i think it's a it's all part of a long term now kind of like approach where you see uh could tennis be more mainstream where you know they have a bigger you know fan base and essentially right. that's going to trickle into you know how many people actually invest in tennis because i i don't i don't see anybody like if, if a friend asked the first thing they say is like baseball cards or basketball cards right or football mm. cards Right, like F one, all these tennis, niche, golf, they really don't kind of um, stand out. So I could see it like, like I said, long term approach. I could see it helping, just like any other marketing would at this point in this day and age. And now that the flippers are all gone, they're not going to be flipping tennis product. That's for sure. So right, right. Yeah, I think it's kind of like more of an awareness build and kind of like uh, grow sure. the game. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, like this is um, what we always say: collect what you love. So you know, right. if you're a collector, yeah, and you love tennis, you love golf, you love F1, go for it, right? right. And then I think they'll be much more affordable than when the hobby was just going crazy two, two and a half years ago. Right. So uh, good opportunity to collect uh, what you really love, especially if you're a big fan of these niche sports like we we're talking about. Right. Okay. Good discussion. Uh, let's let's move on now to hobby headlines. So now that we're in 2023, we're beginning to see some announcements from a couple of the bigger grading companies, uh, specifically PSA and Beckett, BGS, about new prices on their services. And of course, they're both advertising quicker turnarounds. You know, that was a big issue during the hype of the hobby. Uh, We talked about it extensively, submitting cards and then getting them uh, over a year later. So now everything looks like, um, uh, you know, all all the grading companies are... Um, getting through all their backlog cards. So that's good to see. But I want to quickly go over, you know, some of their service levels that they've announced and see if the lower price point and the quicker turnaround times will make any difference for you uh, in terms of choosing who to send your cards to now. Okay, so let's start with PSA. Um, They have, uh, I think, five or six they introduced, but a couple of them are just for collectors, like members only kind of thing. So I'll skip those. But the ones that regular people can submit, um, they're calling the first one value, I guess, submission, value submission, which is, and this this is all in US prices, $25 per card, uh, max declared value of $4.99. And the turnaround time, they're saying is 65 business days. So about three months, I guess, two and a half, three months. There's a value plus, which is the next level up, $40 per card. 
Max declared is also four ninety nine, and then they're saying the turnaround time is twenty business days, so just over a month, and then they have their regular service, which is seventy five dollars per card, max value of fourteen ninety nine, and then their uh, turnaround time for that service is ten business days. So out of those three, do you think any of them will have an impact in terms of getting more people to submit their cards to PSA? And would that impact um, how you submit uh, your cards? Man, it's uh, – well, I, I I sent cards to PSA like last week. So I've, I've already like – I always say like why are we submitting to PSA? And then <laughs> I end up sending cards. It's just <laughs> – it's just an automatic thing but like even when i'm deciding it's like that's the first thing i decide is where do i send it to and obviously we we talked about this uh i think a couple weeks ago where bgs was like where have you been the last right. two years in the most hype time of all of sports cards one right, of the yeah. biggest brands just kind of disappeared didn't i don't even know if they capitalize fully on you know the profits that (laughs) were there at the time because it felt like they were closed for the last two years like i literally haven't sent any cards to bgs in the last two years Mm -hmm. right so it's like for me everything filters through psa of what makes sense so if it's a higher end card i'm like i sent four cards express 150 bucks a pop because i'm i'm sending it based on value because you got to remember, like, if, if I'm going to get bumped up and I send a high-end card and let's just say the 150 Express is uh, max declared value is 2500 it's like if you have a card over 2500 you might as well go up, up, up a service level to just get your stuff on time, right? Because at the, at the end of the day, if you're sure. doing an Express service and, you know, um, the value is over 2500 let's just say, then you could have probably done a quick service because you're going to get that upcharge anyways right so like i think um with the value uh stuff i think i think what they're trying to do is regular they they put the the way they put their pricing is they put 75 dollars as the regular service that's the standard service 10 day turnaround that's that's their money maker that's what they're looking for and then it's mm-hmm. kind of like you work backwards from there and say okay these two services we could kind of um take our time with and it's it's more the bulk services they're cheaper services and then uh they they try to push the higher end because it's all price based on price right so i think that's that's also why it sustains value too right because a lot of people have to pay the upcharges for a psa 10 you know in a big card so they want premium premium value and that kind of feeds into that cycle too. Whereas SGC, it's like you could get a ten, but I they had a Bowman Chrome special that was nine bucks. So yeah. like a a five thousand dollar car that's SGC ten, you know, I don't think will hold the same value until the whole pricing structure actually changes. Uh, with that, uh, because one company PSA is using value um, to grade and to price out what grading costs and then one company says which i agree with it should just be you're grading the card that's your job is to grade the card right and it shouldn't cost any more than what you're paying right but those are my two go-tos right now and like rarely i have a pile for bgs like i'm at the point where you know sgc sells just as healthy as bgs right now so it's Mm -hmm. like might as well you know get the quick turnaround time with sgc on cards that you know, autos, for instance, uh, uh, cards that I know that won't PSA 10, for instance, 
I might uh, send it to SGC. Even a 9.5 Auto 10, you know, for half the price is might be better than, sure. you know, a PSA 9 with, you know, a great auto, right? So I think... I think that's my strategy with grading right now. Um, and those are the two companies I've, I've, I've sent out recently was, you know, I sent 28 cards out to SGC with the Bowman Chrome special. And then, you know, I have, I have about 90 cards that I'm set sending on probably value to PSA. And then mm-hmm. I've sent four express. So if, if you see the bill, like it's, it's basically, you know, you know, three, $4,000 with the grading and 95% right. of that, is going to PSA still, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Is it and it's primarily because like the the value add to for a PSA graded card is just significantly higher, right? Than the other. Like it's like uh, if if it does ten, because if I look at a card, right. I'm inspecting it pretty closely now that like uh, grading is a lot more expensive, so I want to be a lot more pickier with like what goes through my filter, especially on the the higher mm-hmm. end stuff, right? So it's like I won't even send a PSA nine candidate in some instances because the value doesn't dictate it. But then, you know, something like a PSA 10 might like shoot the value up and that difference is worth the kind of like the gamble kind of right. So sure. Sure. How about you, John? Yeah. Um, I think with the new grading pricing, PSA is just going to continue to dominate Um, people that are into breaking and ripping and trying to be like first to market with a lot of cards, SGC would probably be the move, especially on some base. You know, if you're going to pull like some Julio Rodriguez base, it's probably best to go SGC as quickly as possible and get it to market. So that game, I think, will still be alive and well. Um, but PSA value, liquidity, all of the above is just so strong. So if you have anything significant of a card and you feel it's got a really good chance to gem, I mean, why wouldn't you? Even it's worth the wait. Like, why wouldn't you? Either you send it express to get that to to capture that um, <clears throat> the hype, or or if you want to sell it quickly, um, or if if the prices you know pricing on PSA is like double SGC, you could say it's almost like two point five over like a min gem BGS. Um, it would be worth it even to wait 60, 60 days. So I think PSA is going to continue to dominate, and even you know just to get a quick snapshot of where people are at with PSA. Like when I was walking around the show floor at the last big expo, right? Um, most of the people with cards in their displays, it was PSA, right? You see, you would see BGS in some older slabs because you have some, some of those, you know, like, ex, the, like upper deck exquisite patch autos or right. s- things that were graded like years ago. They're all, they're all in there. Makes sense. Um, but there were even, I, I would hear conversations multiple times where some kid would come up to the desk and be like, hey, would you be interested in like this, this, or that? And the vendor would be like, all right, like, uh, yeah, look, yeah, I might be. And he goes, oh, they're like SGC's 10 or SGC 9. They're like, no, not interested. I just want, really? I want PSA. Like I heard that multiple times from wow. vendors. So like, you know, the, these guys would just walk away. They, they're holding like a huge stash of, stash of SGC. And the vendor's like, nah, not really interested in SGC. Like I prefer PSA, so... Huh. It just goes to maybe show like all of that stuff, right? So, yeah, maybe it's early. You know what I mean? Like once SGC gets more of their cards out there, uh, you're gonna see more of them at card shows. Maybe it's maybe it's a bit early, um, and mm-hmm. maybe like SGC is still like the um, a better online play, right? You could you could uh, get those quickly and then just post it up on eBay or right. wherever you wherever right. you saw it. So, 
Um, I'm wondering if the PSA, just going back to PSA briefly before we move on and go deeper into the other grading companies, the $25 per card and $40 per card, like it, it's obviously more to try to capture that base card market, right? Right. Um, because of the $4.99 max value. And then the $75 card, the regular one, that, which gets bumped out to $1,500 max. I don't know. It's a, for, for me, that kind of seems really expensive. The seventy-five dollars that that tier, regular tier, you know what I mean? Like Express, I understand because it's a higher end card. Uh, you pay double, but you get it much more quickly. And you know the if you get a PSA ten, um, the value will shoot up, right? But um, I don't know if seventy-five dollars per card is is good value for a card that it's up worth potentially up to fifteen hundred only. So yeah, I agree. That said, everyone's still going to ship to PSA. Because <laughs> think, if you pull a card and like, let's just say the value is two thousand bucks, yeah. you're like seventy five bucks, totally worth it. You know, it's it, right. it, it is what it is. Like you, and then you get upcharged if you way, get a right? ten. Yeah, yeah, if you if you get upcharged right. if you get a ten. So, but the, my my thing was saying is you're going to pay the one fifty anyways. Might as well do the one fifty in the first place. Bump right. up your and get it back your, in a couple your, of days. Yeah, and get it back earlier, right? Because like unless you know that it's on that borderline, you know, uh, where sure. the value might not be there. That's I mean, that's what I did. Um, some some of the stuff it, it was just didn't make sense to send it regular. It was mm-hmm. like the value just doesn't dictate. I send it regular, and then they're like, "Well, this is a five thousand dollar card, so they're not gonna, they're not gonna, you know, right. they're still gonna charge me whatever service I used, right?" So yeah, well. Uh, I'll say this one thing I do like if if their turnaround time is correct, uh, the ten business days for regular and twenty business days for value plus, like that's that's, that's good to see. Yeah, yeah finally. But I've I've never seen PSA ever hit their suggested Target? time <laughs> oh, lines okay. ever ever. But I will say this: it's moving pretty smoothly right now. Right. Like I, yeah. I I've submitted, you know, um, the, it's all graded. All the stuff is graded, so it's been. Uh, we did the express, so this this would have been, they would have received it right in the new year, right? So you're still probably ten business days out for that, I guess. Okay. Uh, what 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 was express uh, now? Like what? How many days? I would say two to five, probably. But oh, um... is that that is it? I I thought that was maybe super express. They have like oh, a, right, and then they have a walk in, I think. Mm-hmm. And right. a lot of people are reporting uh, like the value service. They're getting back in like 15 business days. It's coming pretty quick. Oh, really? Yeah. So the value is the way to go? Yeah. I, I just don't think PSA has the volume right now. So they're obviously managing. But for the time being, if you wanted to, I think you can take advantage. Go into value service. And I, I'm pretty sure you get car- your cards back pretty quick. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, we talked about PSA a lot. Let's go to BGS. Um, their new pricing structure is as follows. The base level they're calling base is $22 per card but this is interesting no max declared value on any of these levels okay, okay. so the base is, is which, is the, which is the right move uh, i don't know if there's uh sorry oh, oh sorry yes there these, these all include subgrades okay yeah so if um without subgrades it's like take off a couple dollars for the okay. most part okay right. so um the base level $22 per card no max declared value Turnaround is 40 to 60 business days. So what the range heck? there, yeah. right? Uh, the next level up is standard, $40 per card, no max. And it's 10 to 20 business days, right? That's, And then there's a priority level, 
$140 per card, no max, two to five business days. So I guess that's their express. Right, right. So what yeah, do you think I, about I, these I, new... I think the prices are reasonable, to be honest. It's just, I forgot Beckett BGS graded. Like, yeah, it got to the point. <laughs> I do like... I, I do like Beckett slabs though, like you know what I Me mean. Too. It's like Me I used too. to I used to you know be all about BGS, and then you know they had my order for like over a year, and then I was <laughs> yeah. like never again because at least PSA you know you had an idea, you know BGS at one point you're just like I'm I don't think I'm getting my cards back at all. <laughs> yeah, like, no Clark contact, had his Trey like, Young with BGS for like a year and a half or two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, it, it was brutal. But the the pricing seems fair. I think there's. Like I love Bowman first chromes. I think there's there's a there's a market for BGS there. Like mm-hmm. it's always been BGS dominated. I think SGC tried kind of swooping in there, uh, but I think something's still missing. Like I I I do like the subgrades. You know I still look for value with Beckett slabs uh, of True Gem Plus or True Gems uh, that I really really like or subgrade tens. The yeah. like two subgrade tens are great. Like nine five slabs. Like there's stuff like that where I think it's necessary, and you know I I think there is a there is a play with BGS if what they offer they can kind of like handle right so yeah yeah Johnny hates the nine point five so. I hate it yeah <laughs> um yeah I, I'm kind of with Young pricing is yeah it's fine I think it's the right move for them to to not follow ps they got they got to give some value they got to capture people back i i to be honest i think they should have even gone a bit lower on their pricing but at the minimum i think uh not having max declared value and including subgrades as like almost like a default in their pricing Mm -hmm. that that's important for people to even consider going back to bgs so i think all of those are important so we'll see this is probably a little test to see how it goes and if obviously it doesn't go well they're going to start to make strategize around it and make some more moves so we'll see yeah um i'm with you i like the pricing uh you know one really bad experience you mentioned it already john my trey young and then that took a year and a half just to, just so i can get a bgs 7.5 oh, oh yeah that's right that's oh my gosh I'm like come on you made me wait this long for a stupid 7.5 but um so it's that's kind of left a sour taste in my mouth but i mean you know i'm i'm like young too like when I got back into the hobby, baseball cards, number one, right. and then it was BGS slaps. Like, that's what yeah. I look for, right? The 9.510 auto. Um, and uh, I, I like it better in it. So, like, I hope um, I hope this does something for Beckett. Like, it would be a shame to lose Beckett as, uh, you know, one of the primary grading companies. Because I like, I like their slabs, and I think competition is good, obviously. And I hope uh, this brings more people back. You know, like, if I rip open a box of Bowman Chrome. Um, I might go to BGS if, um, you know, if I submit to groups um, submitter and and I actually get it back within 10 to 20 business days for $40 yeah. per card. Yeah, then I'm like, okay, I have a little bit more confidence, but I got to almost see it first before I really go all the way uh, back to BGS. So I think it's a, it's a good start. So we'll see how it goes. I think they just announced this like this this past week. So um, we'll see. Like, I think I can't remember which Instagram account posts the number of cards that are graded month yeah, by month. Yeah, and yeah. I think BGS has dropped down to fourth place now. Like, it is. Wow. That's crazy. So behind, right? So yeah. that's another thing, too. If this pricing structure increases the volume, how are they going to handle it, right? So right. 
that's going to be something to look out for as well. All right, uh, we talked about SGC as well. We're big fans. Um, their pricing structure is a bit different. I think they changed this over the holidays and they go by order size. They guarantee all of their submissions five to 10 business days. So they're known obviously for their speed, but uh, they charge based on the number of cards you submit at one time. So if you submit one to nine cards, it's gonna be about $24 per card. Then the next tier is 10 to 19, that's $22. 20 to 49, that's $20. And then anything 50 above um, is $18. So that was like Beckett's, Beckett's old pricing maybe. It's very okay. similar, I, I find, yeah. Interesting. World's and, um, tiered. Yeah, so like I guess if you do more volume, obviously they'll give you a discount. But um, five to 10 business days turnaround and uh, no upcharges on cards post 2000. So for modern, I guess, right, no upcharges. Right. So what yeah, do you guys think of that? Makes sense. Um, that's a great option, I think, especially when they do those, um, like the nine dollar uh, Bowman Chrome deal. Right. Like for instance, um, looking back and seeing it now, it's like usually, um, you know, hot products like whatever people are breaking or you know ripping at the time. You know, they if you pull a product, you that's a that's the question, big question. Where do I send this to? Because mm-hmm. you're like, I want that PSA 10, but I don't want to spend so much money. So perfect example was that Jason Churio, so Jackson's younger brother, I pulled a, a, Atomic and a Brate. I should have sent that off the $9 Bowman because I would have had that back in time where I could sell it when the market was hot, right? Graded, right? right. Whereas like it's still in, in queue to be graded. Yeah, it might come back a PSA 10, which... It won't because there's like a huge surface line, but like um, that's those are the type of like moves that like I feel like SGC can play a really great role for that is when you need the card quickly, you want it graded because it, it, it could potentially 10 in an SGC 10 slab. You're not paying a premium plus you get it back really quick when the market of that particular card is still hot. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Right. Yeah, I don't have much much to comment about SGC. I think they, uh, we've known exactly what they're all about in the last couple of. They've probably been the most consistent during the, the COVID in terms of like handling volume and all of that stuff, um, and customer service, et cetera, et cetera. So I think I think SGC is fine on the course that they're on. Um, they're going to continue to capture like that value speed um, sort of criteria. They're not necessarily um, in the space of like. PSA, where you, if you have a really, uh, like a really big card, you, I, I doubt you'd still go to SGC at this point, but, um, good for them, man. They're making a lot of money. So I, I think, uh, you, you mentioned like customer service. I was just thinking about that. I, I, SGC by far has the best customer service out of any, all three grading companies. Right. Their, their process is so smooth. They keep you informed. Their portal has nice. made a huge improvement. Right. over the past so it's Accountability, super easy all that stuff yeah yeah it's just it, they made the process so easy which i give kudos to so that's why if if they were like a beckett where it was like you know you know you're you're just pulling your hair out then i probably wouldn't have wouldn't say like sgc is a good option uh but because that all becomes smooth plus you get the five to ten days like to me that's that's the type of service uh mm. that you know, I think is is needed in this, and it it plays its role in the hobby. Um, if people kind of look at it that way, right? 
Yeah. And I was just going to add, like, unless you have vintage baseball, like, um, SGC is a good, reputable brand for that. 100%. For that, I too, mean, right? yeah, the SGC, we talk about it all the time. Like, in uh, pre, pre-modern, they were the guys. You know, they were the ones yeah. that, you know, understood vintage and, you know, probably have, you know, the most reputable brand from that standpoint in the baseball world, too, right? Even those old slabs. But that, that the old school heads know that, right? And mm-hmm. PSA is relatively new. You know, literally a company that blew up in the 90s with the whole Mickey Mantle thing. Um, right. With the ni- Which, by the way, there was a new tops. one that was found. You guys I saw seen, that, right? I, I seen saw that. that. Raw 250 I think it got sent to SGC, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's there crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy story. But yeah. In a card saver without a sleeve. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Holy High cow. risk. Okay. <laughs> Only a couple <laughs> mil. Yeah. Um, you know what? While you guys were talking, like, you know, like the SGC is, yeah, more seen as a value speed play. And I was wondering, like, what will it take for SGC to take that next level where they're more respected as, like, oh, you can get a 10 and it's going to really bump up the value, kind of like a PSA 10 would, right? So right. hear me out. I think this is what should happen to compete with PSA. You got the service, the excellent service of SGC. You get the brand power of BGS. They should just merge, just merge uh. and go after PSA. You know, and uh, <laughs> I think I, I don't know what else is going to take PSA down at this point. Right? Yeah, I um, think I think PSA's brand power is so out the roof. And like I said, it's the hurdle, it's the combination of that and the upcharge. Think about right. it. It's like the upcharge is what's causing it's not saying that you add that price into and that's why i sell it for more expensive it's it's the perceived value that everybody's saying now it's a five thousand dollar card because they're basically marketing themselves as a standard because they're basing Mm. everything on value right so it's like they're gonna get the ten thousand dollar card and deem it over ten thousand dollar and charge a three hundred dollar 350 premium whatever ten thousand or whatever they charge right on particular cards because if you send like a six-figure card to psa they're probably making like you know thousands of dollars off this you know card right so it's that perceived value i think that psa plays so well where they are in the market share yeah Mm -hmm. and it's like now sgc can't basically upcharge they would get slaughtered in that so it's kind of like psa solidified that as a as a brand right so it's tough. Brilliant move by PSA. Yeah. Kudos. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm sending these slabs to PSA, which I just absolutely like hate that I, you know, like I'm not happy with PSA, but I still have no option. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And that's yeah. let's be honest. That's what everybody's gonna do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you have any sort Pretty of much. big time card, it's going right to PSA. Like, what are you gonna say, right? Exactly. Yep, I guess that's the reality right now. But um, but yeah, we're speaking truth. All right, um, one last question before we go to the next uh, segment for this year. You know, with uh, you know PSA, BGS, SGC coming out uh, relatively strong, is is it going to change your buying habits in terms of what cards you get, or are you going to stick with how you have always been shopping cards? I for me, I think the value is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Now you go to BGS. Right, you know, like the BGS tens, I really like. I think that they they have a lot of value because they're tanking too, right? Like they it, BGS ten where it used to be, it still has that 
like whoa that's a bgs 10 that's better than a psa 10 for sure but then it's starting to come down at psa 10 prices on some slabs right so i think there's great buying opportunity in general just because beckett dropped the ball in terms of what they've done in the past couple years so i'm always looking for great deals on you know um gem mint uh pluses uh you know true gem plus yeah you know true gems that are graded for bgs i think there's fabulous uh, you know value in that same with sgc 10s at the end of the day you know you got to understand why do people use sgc 10s they do it for the quick flip the quick turnaround especially if they get a 10 they get they get a higher value for it but they're willing to cut you know their profits they don't really they're not there to maximize the sgc 10 profit they're they're trying to just flip at that point and i think that's a great buying opportunity because essentially you're getting uh, a, a quality graded card for cheaper than a PSA 10 is right so agree yeah agree I mean I, I flipped some of my 2018 top space cards when I sent it to SGC I think I sent it with you uh, yeah, young, yeah. and then I got it back what within a month and right. then all sold on They're eBay gone. very very quickly yeah thank god because so. the prices came down <laughs> ever since that <laughs> it came down a lot so yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right uh i think that's a useful segment we'll uh revisit how things are going obviously grading is always going to be a big part of this hobby it's going to impact values of cards and um, everything's always in flux too so um it'll, it'll be something we keep an eye on on this podcast for sure let's uh just go on to our final segment of this show we call pick one and if you're joining for the first time this is where each of us puts out two cards or two players and then we debate which one we would rather invest in and I'm going to have Hyung speak a little bit more. Uh, he usually leads off this segment. So, uh, yeah, you want, to, you want to start things off? Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the theme, obviously, of baseball. Um, yeah. uh, for me, I was just doing some research and seeing um, Vladdy prices again. You know, just mm-hmm. maybe pick up a nice Vladdy before, you know, spring, spring training hits. Yeah. And I was kind of shocked because um, there were two, two cards, and I wanted to – segment this off because i think budgets are great so i put a 500 dollars budget if i'm spending okay. 500 bucks us yeah uh what can i get with 500 dollars? what's the best vladdy card i can get um and there's two cards that i want to pair up because they they were floating around that five to six hundred dollar mark uh but i want to see your guys take because obviously the market dictates pricing basically people who are willing to pay so obviously the market already spoke what is more valuable but basically you got the 2019 tops chrome sapphire vladimir guerrero psa 10 so there's a pop of 245 okay mm-hmm. versus a 2019 tops chrome purple refractor number to 299 psa 10 and that's a pop 46 why would someone why why are people still paying more for the sapphire than the purple and what right. would you guys pick? Right. The Sapphire has always gone more than the purple, right? So it's probably more of a surprise. It ha- it, yeah, it has. It, now actually, it's the same yeah, price. Right. right. It's the same price now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it probably went as high as 1500 to 2000 I don't. I don't know if the purple ever went that high. Right. Uh, 2021 Sapphire hit 2325 There you go. Um, objectively, I like the Sapphire better in terms of just straight looking at 
the card. I think the sapphires are beautiful. Um, but I'm picking the I'm picking the purple. I like the I like the number. I like the pop count. And I'm a little weary. As much as I I really liked Sapphire, I think Sapphire as a product, especially the Acuna year, really elevated the hype of Sapphire. And I think the strength of a lot of Sapphire pricing, like Acuna and Otani and Vladi and Tatis, was off of that hype. But that hype is now wearing off because Sapphire is becoming a pretty, um, you know, like a print heavily printed product. Yeah and whatnot so uh, i think that set the, the lure of sapphire and that kind of uh, that the hype is kind of wearing off so i'm a little weary of that so i i'm not sure if you know i mean 500 is cheap enough so you can kind of go 50 50 here but purple and green are one of those colors where they're a part of the og set and when you think about them you're like oh i don't like it but when you see them in person, like, I don't like green. I don't know why. I just don't like green. But when you see them in person, you're like, okay, they're, they're pretty nice. Like, it's, it's just different. They, they hit different when you look at them in person. So I think if even in my collection, I love looking at a serial number. And when I see purple in person, I don't like it as a as an image on eBay screen. But in person, I, I do like it. So purple for me as a collector. Yeah. I usually like to see like what the peak is and then, you know, because of the market, everything is down and I'm like, okay, you know, if the conditions are right, it could go back up. Right. But I'm, I'm at the point where it's like, we're in, we're, you know, we're in this, you know, borderline recession and I feel like a lot of these cards won't go back up to those peak points. Right. right? Like there are some cards that might like the grail cards that we talked about in the previous episodes, but there are other cards that were just cool during the hobby hype. And I feel like Sapphire is in that category, right. you know, and I don't think it'll ever reach the peaks that it did in 2021. Um, it might go up a little bit because it does look cool. Like all the atomic refractor type Sapphire type cards um, look cool. And I can see if uh, more people come into the hobby, they might, they might, there might be demand for that a little bit higher, but not like the peak. So um, for me, my general rule is when I'm like, was especially with the market the way it is, I'm looking to swap all my non-number cards for number cards. I'm kind of going nice. to fundamentals, right? So, uh, for example, even my Justin Herbert field level silver, I sold it last week um, at a slight loss because Herbert's, um, you know, the Chargers are in the playoffs now. So, um, and I'm like, I, I want to get kind of get rid of my silvers, you know, and and uh, try to try to get a numbered card of um, Herbert or anyone else. So um, that's my logic, and I think. In this example, it's a no-brainer for me. I'm going for the number 299 purple. Nice. I, I normally don't like the purple, to be honest. Yeah. But a year ago, I probably would have said Sapphire. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about liquidity mm -hmm. and, and getting rid of it. Now that we're at the bottom again, I'm I'm saying stick to the basics, just like you said. We've yeah, like for, for me, sure. even even during this whole time, I was always on the uh, in the camp of low numbered cards. You know, rarity, pot, lower lower pop count because that's going to protect your investment the best where you're not going to have the crazy volatility, especially you don't want the volatility in the bear market. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to numbered cards again and, you know, kind of staying off non-numbered cards, especially John mentioned the, the whole Sapphire deal. You know, 2018 was the first time they released the set of Sapphire, but that was super low print run. You know, Super and it was a, a huge, huge car. It's huge uh, set too. So it was, it, it was a big set. Uh, Vladdy's year print run double, doubled or tripled. 
probably from still that fairly set. low. So I think yeah, it's, it's still fairly up. low. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but like in general, it's a lot higher than the Cunha yeah. Sapphire, right? So yeah, um, yeah, I'm going pot forty six uh, with with a purple PSA ten uh, all day for that. So right, yeah, Sweet. and and this is kind Sweet. of like a, on that hobby logic train, right? Like Clark, you kind of touched on it where you know you said you like to look at the trends like you like to see yeah. where that used to be and where it is now and the potential of going it up but if you look at it in that i think that's where i'm a bit nervous is that in the past let's say flatty sapphire was worth or sapphires in general were worth double purples mm-hmm. and then when you look at it now in terms of that ratio one would think oh man this is a good buying opportunity for sapphire because it's it's dollar for dollar now so i should i should it should tell me if it's worth double. I should I should go on in on this, but Sapphire again because of the hype and stuff. It's kind of like a Hobby Logic, even though Pop on Purple is lower and it's serial numbered. Hobby Logic told us that Sapphire is the product to chase, right? Right. And that could change. That could like this year coming and, and in the future, if that changes, that ratio, what used to be double of Purple, is no longer existing, and then you're kind of left holding a bag, right? So I think that's that's what worries me about Sapphire. So I think the Purple would be. Yeah. Maybe a little bit less spectacular and boring, but I think it's a, it's a safer choice. Yeah, well said. Yeah. All right, good one. Johnny, your turn. All right, so I got two choices that are completely unrelated, but, they, <laughs> <laughs> but they're but they under the, uh, uh, I guess the, the uh, what am I trying to say? Um, I'm, I'm trying to look at it from like the number two spot. So we're going to go with a theme of number two spot. So... Here we go. Okay. It's going to, and I, you'll know when I'm, once I say it. So more likely to take back the number two spot at any point in the future. Panini select, because now I think people will agree they're in the number three or number four behind like Prism and Optic, or BGS grading, who are number three, arguably behind SGC. So more likely to take back the number two spot at any point in the future. Panini select or BGS grading. Okay, it's kind of easy for me because I always thought the select was still number two, right? So I, <laughs> I guess you way. could argue that. That's true. Um, they're probably more even than I than I uh, think, but uh, because I think select is still, you know, and I'm with you, John, when we talk about our dislike for select, you know, um, in recent years, I'm still kind of in that camp mm-hmm. where you know I hope Panini, while they have the license, still. Um, make some improvement in the in the select uh, set, but um, I still think it holds value over optic. I think optics kind of dropped too, as well. So, so select I just it just retains number two for me. Um, although I want I do desperately want BGS to take number two from SGC because uh, like we said in the earlier segment, I like the, I love the BGS slabs. Yeah, I. I might be similar where I want BGS to be that number two, but will they? I know. And for me, it's like, I, I still believe, like, if you look at every, like, one of the best Luca cards, they're in select, actually. You know, I think, like, any courtside silver or courtside, you know, um, Luca in 2018 is, is a huge card. So for me, I like, uh, I like select. I think they have some big cards on the, on the flip side. They're not all. I think it was after the whole fact that when we were like select is all awesome and then it literally that year with Anthony <laughs> Edwards and 
everything it was so disappointing right we were even 2019 was a great set uh and, and we we're enjoying the select i really like the courtside design in 2019 as well so like they have the history bgs has the obviously the longer history uh compared to panini in general so i think select already has that spot and i think bgs is going to struggle to get to that spot that number two spot right so i'm going to say bgs is has a lot to work so i'm going to say select uh to take to more likely take that number two spot right yeah that's a good point clark some people might argue that select is still <laughs> number two so it might be a, a horrible comparison but i'm going to put select at number three or number four okay. i'm pretty disappointed in select um I personally think it's going to be very difficult for, for both of these scenarios to take back to number two. Um, I like, to be honest, I'm not that confident in Select. I think they did, Panini did a lot of damage to that product. And it's going to be really hard to turn it back. Like, I don't know how you can go from printing it a lot to not printing it a lot and making it like an SP product. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. So I don't see anything that can maneuver Select to come back other than just hobby logic people just all of a sudden liking it again so i don't like that i don't like select i'm gonna go with bgs i think mm. bgs is in a very difficult spot i don't believe what they're doing now with just pricing uh and and you know some of the, the little marketing tactics and the strategies that, that they're deploying i don't think it's enough to gain consumer confidence back into spending money on them and using our expensive cards or our uh, our, our beloved collections to go into BGS. Like, I, I think they, it's going to be difficult. But, you know, I think if they go guns blazing or scorched earth and really change the course of their image, like, for me, get rid of the 9.5 gems. Like, I think the... the <laughs> I think showing the subgrades is great. I think everybody... Yeah. Do, collectors do want to see that or some sort of semblance of... Like, give me a report, kind of like tag grading. Give me, like, I want to see why my grade got what it did. So I, th I like subgrades. Some people are obviously going to argue against that completely. Um, but I don't think the grading scale is fine too. But I think the grading visual of 9.5, I think that's number one. They got to just completely bite the bullet and flip and go to a 10. And if they want to keep the black 10 and they want to keep the subgrades, I don't know. Like, it sounds really cheesy, but go to like... A 10, go to a 10 plus, you know, 10 is a 10. And then like a flawless right. is like a 10 plus or a 10 diamond. I don't know. But um, for me, get rid of the 9.5 and probably get rid of, uh, do an overhaul on the slab. And I know okay. they came out with the previous one, which was kind of a joke. But I think if they do a really good job of over having, over like just bring, coming out with a brand new slab and like, I don't think they'll do the 10s, but that's maybe me, me wishing. But again, I think, if they go scorched earth and they really switch it up, uh, I think they have a chance to come back. So I'm going to go BGS. Okay. Cool. I feel like Johnny just brought this pick one just so he could make again, that point. Make that point that he hates <laughs> 9.5s on BGS. Yeah. And that I hate select. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. We need to rant every once in a while. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's end off this show with my pick one. So on one side, this is a $300 budget. Ronald Acuna's 2018 Bowman Chrome rookie autograph card. All right. Not his first Bowman, but his 2018 Bowman Chrome rookie auto. Uh, BGS 
10, speaking of BGS. And then another BGS 9.5, 10 graded card. Carlos Correa's, uh, what's it, 2013 Bowman uh, Chrome Prospect as base auto, also going for about $300 now. And the reason why I bring this up is Carlos Correa, like that story is bonkers, Crazy. right? Like, has <laughs> this like ever a trillion happened? dollars worth of deals. <laughs> That yeah. just fell through. It was insane. You yeah. know, it's like so, $860 million of deals that <laughs> right. fell through. All because of his surgically repaired right ankle, apparently. So I want to put this up. Is it is this scaring you at all? Like, you know, I wanted to put a not Ronald Cunha's best autograph card <laughs> compared to Carlos Correa's first Bowman base auto. I think for, for me, Correa is interesting because... His numbers won't show you the whole story of the type of player he is. So for me, I think he's super underrated one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too concerned. Well, it did kind of concern me the fact that, you know, San Fran literally was out. And then it was like a new deal. And then it was like, wait a minute, out. And then now <laughs> right. we're, we're back to the twins, twins. right? With After, you know, the Mets kind of pulled the plug. So for me, that does concern me. Um, but just as Acuna's knee concerns me as well, and we're talking about Acuna's Bowman Chrome Rookie Auto, which I think takes number three spot in terms of any autos for any type of players. So I always see the the kind of like um, the Bowman First Chrome is obviously yeah. everybody's chase. And then you have Topps Chrome usually as the rookie auto and then you have your bowman chrome so it's kind of like acuna's third uh desired i guess auto card as opposed to carlos correa's first so for me i'm basing it on value itself for 300 bucks you know what i think carlos correa's Correa's card and the bowman chrome acuna is definitely cheap like that's that's crazy that it's gone that low but um i like the i like the value in korea at 300 bucks Okay. Mm-hmm. Korea. John? I agree with Young Sessman. I think there is something, obviously, in the comparison of Ronald Acuna, not his main rookie auto, versus Carlos Correa's main rookie auto. I think that um, right away, immediately by default, will probably point you to- towards Korea. And I agree with Young that he's very underrated, and I think the value is there. And And I could see a lot of people saying like this is this is the pick like you, you're gonna go with the va- like the the value and there's potential here I'm going the other way though because number one I'm not a fan of Korea so like even let's say I were, these both these cards were go- to go to a hundred bucks at least I have a round of the Cunha that I can enjoy so from a collector standpoint I'm gonna go after the guy that I like and to be honest from what I know of Korea I don't really think he moves the needle or he can move the needle and as much as Ronald Acuna has come down and it's not his main, Ronald Acuna can move the needle and he has the potential to come back, roaring back, and his prices being volatile again. So I I think as much as there is value in Korea and Ronald Acuna not being the main rookie card, I still, for me, as a collector, I want that card over the, the two. And uh, I, I think Acuna still has some volatility left in him for his card prices to, to spike. So... Acuna for me. Okay. I'm going with Acuna because um, his ankle scares me. <laughs> I have never seen something like this happen before. Uh, apparently, I was just reading the headlines uh, a day ago. Korea 
deal is finalized after shortstop finally he passes the physical so he will play with the twins six years 200 million dollar contract still a big chunk of money mm-hmm. um i hope he proves me wrong i hope his ankle is fine but um it's just kind of really weird that the mets and the giants would just kind of back out right. so uh the only thing that made me hesitate is um i, f- I forgot about acuna's knee which young reminded me of so hopefully that's <laughs> that's uh doesn't uh, uh he doesn't damage that he doesn't damage his knee either so anyway i'm going with uh cunha uh in this in this case all right well, once again thank you so much for tuning into the podcast we come out with a new episode every tuesday and every other friday uh if you like this episode we really appreciate you if you gave us five stars wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share this uh show with uh, your friends all right see you next week bye hey thanks for listening to cards to the moon We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.